reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle. Chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars. Dial 2 for streaming stars. Dial 3 for TV stars. Dial 4 for music stars. Or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hi, my name is Art Simone from Concealed with Art Simone, your new favourite podcast. Hello and welcome to the Entertainment Hotline. I am Anita, your host and Head of Entertainment at Media Week and Chatter. In today's episode, I spoke with the absolutely fabulous Art Simone. You may know her as one of the strongest contestants during Season 1 of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under and also as the queen who helped Abby Chatfield paint that portrait during Matt Agnew's season of The Bachelor. Now... Art is the star of her very own podcast, Concealed with Art Simone. Now in its second season, she skillfully leads everyday Aussies through conversations and revelations that are intriguing, inspiring, and at times, very shocking. Art was so entertaining and so much fun, while also sharing another side to her. Season two of Concealed with Art Simone is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network Australia or wherever you listen to your podcasts. New episodes will drop weekly every Tuesday. Here is Art Simone. Also, can I just say, as a drag queen, I'm early. I know! I was looking down at my phone when you when you when you got on. <laughs> oh, you look amazing! I have, have you been doing interviews all day? Uh, I'm uh, not. You're my first one today, but then I'm going into studio and stuff after this. So, oh, thank um, God. Okay. Well, no, I mean, but thank you so much for dressing up for the occasion. That's all right. That's all right. You know, it really just helps seal the deal. Yeah. You know, I do interviews out of drag, and I'm like. No, I swear I'm really fun. I swear. <laughs> Have you seen those videos, um, this TikToker? There's this amazing TikToker and he goes around and he's, I don't know where he is. I think he's in the Philippines, but I could be completely wrong. And he does these TikToks where he goes up to the he, all of his drag queen friends and then says their, like, their birth oh, names. They were doing that um, at DragCon and uh, at DragCon UK they started doing that. And they all get so spooked. They're like, what? What? <laughs> it cracks me up. Like, it's so funny. I just think it's, and they're just the reactions are so perfect. Yeah. It's so, it, it's fine because, like, um, uh, they're a drag queen. So it's like fun among sisters. But yeah. I tell you what, if I'm ever at a meet and greet and someone goes, hello, Jack, I'm like, eh. I, I, I was going to ask that actually because, like, I know it's probably not okay for me to be like, hey, Jack, you know, yeah, yeah. and when you're dressed so fabulously as art, like, I can completely understand that, but I think because it's a fellow drag yeah, queen. Yeah, like, it's it's fun because it's like, you know, it's between friends and sisters. But, of course. Uh, hey, what, when someone else does it. Um, or some of them, they, they sometimes do it because they want to feel like, like they've really done their research or like that they're, you know, they're on the inner circle. I'm like, you can just Google my name, but it's it's not. You're not not in the inner circle. Yeah. It's not really a big secret anymore, to be honest. (laughs) I actually only have ever known you as art and only because I was at the very first premiere of RuPaul. Oh, great. I was on the red carpet and I interviewed you all on the red carpet. So for me, you're all, you know, you are who you are as your mm. alter ego. Do you, would, would you call it an alter ego? Is that right? I, I, think, 
I think it, it differs from performer to performer um, because for a lot of us, our drag persona is just an extension of who we are anyway. Oh, I love that, you yeah. Know? But for some, like, for example, like Karen, drag is definitely her alter ego. Like she speaks about Karen like in third person. She's like, now Karen wouldn't do this. And Karen, it's very fascinating. Oh. Um, so she's like, no, I'm Richard, but I play the role of Karen. Whereas most drag queens are like, nah, it's just me, love. We're all the same, you know. I'm just a bit louder and sparklier. That's about it. And you are so sparkly. And we're talking, <laughs> of course, about Karen from finance. Yes. Yes, we love Karen from finance. Yes, um, yeah. But we will talk about RuPaul in a second, but I do want to talk about this podcast because yes. this podcast is so cool. It's called Concealed with Art Simone, and this is your second season, which is so cool. So for those who are playing at home, can you give us cliff notes about what this podcast is about? Yeah, so essentially Concealed with Art Simone is where I get to meet strangers who seem extremely ordinary and boring, but they're concealing something extraordinary about them. And that's whether it is a hobby, an interest, a skill, a job. Um, and what makes it super fun is I get, I, n- I don't know who they are. I get put into a room with a stranger, never seen them before in my life, and I have to work out what it is that they're concealing. Get out. I did not know that. Yeah, so I just get, it's like a blind date every single time. And I tell you what, I get like the sweats before they walk in. Like my producer will leave the room and they'll be like, I'm just going to go grab the guests. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I hope they're not. So I get to ask them three questions. And from the answers to those questions, I have to try and work out what it is. Sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. But what happens afterwards, we then get to talk about what it is that makes them so special. Um, And people often go, well, what's that got to do with drag? Uh, And the reason I really like it is because as drag queens, people often, you know, that meet us before go, oh, you do drag? Ew. Oh, you're a drag queen? Yuck. You know. What? Still? Um, still, still to this day. So I really like to bring these people in and celebrate their differences and celebrate what makes them special and unique. Um, it's all about letting your freak flag fly. It's all about <laughs> celebrating them. And because um, I also, too, as a drag queen, I get like in my own little bubble and I think my life is so normal and I forget that when I step outside of it, it's quite interesting to other people. Um, so like first season, some guests we had where we had, um, oh, we had a taxidermist. Um, we had uh, a Hollywood stunt double. We had a professional competitive eater. Um, <laughs> we had, so, oh, we had, um, oh, we had a porn star. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and uh, so many exciting people that we got to, you know, celebrate what makes them special and what makes them tick in a really safe space. Um, it's a very celebratory podcast. It's funny and sassy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so the guests that we've got for season two are even more fun. And episode one is a celebrity guest. And I'll tell you what, I I shat my dax when I, um, when I worked out who this person was because the thing is I didn't know what they looked like, but they were famous. So they're sitting in front of me and they, um, you know, they were like, you love me. I'm like, I do. Oh my God, I do. Have we been in a meet and greet before? Like what's going to like? <laughs> She's like, you know exactly who I am. I'm like, I don't know what you look like. So are they blind to you? Like when I say blind, they're on a, they're like behind a screen. They're on the camera. They're turned off. No. So I, I see them, but it's just that I don't recognize them. Oh. So that's the whole thing. Oh, because they're okay. I get you now. I get you. Cause they, they're actually maybe someone who dresses in drag or dresses who in knows? Whatever. yeah they may have not oh like in the first season we had um a writer 
um, who was a very famous writer but had been using an alias for years. Um, so it was a male writer who had been using a female pen name and it was like a whole lot of layers and really interesting as to why they did that and um, everything behind it. So, yeah, it's really cool. Sometimes I don't see their face. Sometimes they're actually like faces hidden for certain reasons. Um, like, for example, we had an ASMR porn artist in season one yeah. um, and I didn't get to see his face. He was a mystery because, you know, he doesn't want the internet to know who he is because he's got children. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my jaw just dropped yeah. to the actual floor just he's there. like he's like a dad with teenage um children and he's like oh i wish i could tell my kids that i'm meeting you because they love drag race but you know it's a mystery so <laughs> whenever i think of asmr i think of the live tiktok videos and they're doing the oh Hello. the lady with the pickle the lady yes. with the pickle on a keyboard just like chomping on a pickle writing an email love it <laughs> But this was an interesting one. I'd never even heard of ASMR porn before. And I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah, what like, does well, that mean? Well, so an ASMR porn artist, or at least this one, um, almost it just talks to you and tells you things to do and says that things that they're, they're very descriptive in what is happening. So it's imagine like an audio It's book, like but dirty talk. It's dirty talk, but like really low and nice and sexy. Um and I got to have a go at doing it on the on that episode. I wasn't very good, spoiler alert. Well, you sound like you'd be bloody excellent at it, to be uh-huh. honest. Well, there's someone out there for everyone. So if, if my voice tickles your pickle, good on you, all right? I'll start a Patreon and we'll do that. Can you please? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'd love to hear you <laughs> Hello. read it. You look so hot today. Ooh. <laughs> Getting me all hot and bothered. Ooh, pass me a Kleenex. I think that sounds bloody amazing. I actually think that that's, I think there's going to be a lot of people out there who are like, please, please start this immediately, please. But, you know, the one thing that I love about this as well is like that that idea of concealed identities Mm -hmm. or secrets. And Mm -hmm. I know that that is something because you look at someone on the street and you could think they're one thing and then you get to know them and then they have this whole big other life or double life. Mm -hmm. It's what kind of, in, in that idea for you, what fascinates you about seeing one person and then realizing that they're leading something completely different? I think what makes it really interesting is like the whole concept of don't judge a book by its cover, you know, and it also just celebrates and shows how complex and diverse people are, you know, um, we're, we're living in a world that's still so binary where they're like, this is this and that is that, and it can't differ from it. And I think it's really great to show people, stop texting me, bitch. Um, <laughs> it's my manager. <laughs> stop um, Unless you have a really, really, really big job for art, then <laughs> F off. <laughs> you know I'm in a very important meeting right now. Um, but so, yeah, I think we're in a world where it's just like still so black and white in areas. And I think it really is great to show um, the potential of what you can do with your life. You can do anything. Mm, absolutely. I, I mean, a psychic palmist. She was amazing. She read my palm. It was cool. But inclusion, like this is the other thing, like inclusion is so important. Why do you think inclusion is important when it comes to looking after our differences? I mean, we just we just need it to be like a healthy society. You know, it's it's you need to be loving your brothers and sisters and everyone around you. It's what, I know it sounds so like pageanty, but it's what makes the world go around. No, absolutely. Um, world peace. It, Exactly. World peace, such as, and so forth. Thank you. Um, but it's it's so true. And it's such a simple concept to me that I, I feel like sometimes I might overlook it and not even uh, analyze what it really means to me. But because it's just simple to me, but I, 
like I said, I I think I'm surrounded by such a very like-minded bubble of people that all mm. uplift each other. And I sometimes forget what it's like on the outer circles of, um, you know, my community and the people around me, people that, you know, grow up in different areas are surrounded by, you know, they don't get to see the whole world sometimes. And I think they have mm. minds. So I think by, you know, having a podcast like this, we're introducing them to a lot of people, but also letting them get to know them and um, in a very, you know, safe, fun and inclusive space. Um, yeah. Love thy neighbour. You were, when I was given the press release, something that I did love and I've never, ever thought about it this way. They said that you lead a double life or have led a double life. So you have Jack. Who is Jack when we're looking at you? But you also have art and this is a very, it is really like such a double life. What's the biggest difference for you, I guess, between both people? Um, I mean, there's a couple of differences, but I think one of them is confidence. Um, out of drag, when I'm living my everyday life, I'm quiet, I'm reserved, I'm like, I don't like people looking at me. I'm, I'm like, you know, sunglasses and a hat and just sitting in a corner. I don't like attention at all. I know I've got bright blue hair, but that's to me, not for other people. <laughs> um, I, the reason I've got blue hair is because I used to take my drag off all the time and then I'd look in the mirror and be like, oh, it's a bit boring. So <laughs> like, so the blue hair is just for me is like a little present every time I like get out of drag. I can be like, oh, there's a bit of fabulousness left. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really confidence. Um, and I'm very introvert, introverted out of drag in drag. I'm like, bang, 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 bang. Look at me. But, um, out of it, I'm like, yeah, just like, I don't even like going up to like order something at a cash register. I'm like, please don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah, so, so interesting. Weird. It's so weird. Um, and I wish I could crack the secret to bring some of the skills uh, that I have when I'm in drag into my everyday life. And I guess I have to a degree, but also I just, I do enjoy being introverted. You know, I like to be on when I'm on and off when I'm off. Um, so I think I do enjoy that part of it. I think if I was in a career where people knew me as Jack and I had to be 110% all the time and they'd expect that from me all the time, I guess the beauty of being able to take the drag off is People aren't expecting me to be like, waka, 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 when I'm just like, you know, at the train station trying to catch a train. Do people recognize you out of drag? Yeah, pre-drag race, I kind of got to live a true double life in, in that I could like filter through society without anyone stopping me. But post-drag race, I get recognized on the daily, which I'm so thankful for because it means people really love what I do and they love drag and they, um, you know, really celebratory. But um, sometimes it's a bit much, you know, like sometimes I'm just in the gravy aisle at Woolworths trying to find a perfect gravy for my roast. And they're like, hello, can I have a photo for my daughter? I'm like, oh, okay. Yep, sure. Here I am. I'm just in the gravy aisle. <laughs> I always find that really funny. Like I talk to a lot of people in the public eye and a lot of them say that they just go up and take photos and then they go see you. Yeah, they don't even they don't even want to talk to you. It's just like a little trophy. It's like, yep, got it. It's like catching a Pokemon, right? You go, throw your Pokeball, I've got it. And then you walk off, you're like, great, tick, next one. Yeah, it's so interesting. So interesting. It's like yeah. I for me, I would rather like I think particularly before I was in this industry, I always knew I wanted to be in this industry, but I was in weddings beforehand, was a wedding planner. Oh um I know I've had so many laughs. Um, but for me, like I used to just find it, I guess, a bit uncomfortable to even go up and talk to them, let alone have a photo. So it's just really interesting that this culture is there literally, hi, here's a, here's my phone, yeah. see ya. 
and then it's straight up on Instagram and you're tagged and you're like, oh. But <laughs> I, 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 I do prefer them talking to me though and getting mm, a photo because I the agree. other option is the ones that take photos of you from like across the street and post them and you're like, oh, that's a bit creepy, isn't it? That's a bit strange. Or I get like tweets where they're like, I'm walking behind you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Um, there's one photo that someone took of me at an airport and we it was on the final date of like a 32-stop tour. We'd, uh, we'd flown, we'd finished in the nightclub at like 3 a.m. and then we're at the airport at 5 a.m. to go straight onto a flight. And I am standing at like luggage carousel looking like the saddest, like saddest looking thing you've ever seen in the world because I was so tired. And someone snapped it, put a photo and posted it being like, my favourite drag queen, Art Simone. And I'm just like, I was like, oh, oh, okay. You could have told me. I would have smiled at least. I'm sorry. So I do prefer if they talk to me. I'll, I'd rather have a little interaction than a creepy stalker photo. Oh, yeah. You you definitely want to have interaction, but not like this kind of a great, you know, a nice yeah. thing in the middle. Have a conversation. Yes, of course, I'll take a photo with you. Don't yeah. do it from, you know, when you've just come off a 32-leg tour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just take a photo. See ya. Yeah. But it is, it's so, it, it, that is interesting to me that you're such an in- introvert because, and I get it. I get that you don't want to be on all the time. I mean, you know, a lot of creatives are exactly the same. But then where does this amazing extroversion come from? Do you even know? Well, I mean, I don't really bottle it up and, you know, go, oh, better have a bit of introvert, extrovert today. But um, I don't know. I think I've always been like this. I think that's why I gravitated towards drag because it gave me confidence and gave me strength to um, be the person I've always wanted to be. Mm. Uh, You know, I've always wanted to be a performer. I've always wanted to do stuff in this industry, but it was really hard without all the glitz and glam. You know, I liken drag to a superhero costume. You put it on and you feel indestructible. Um, And there's... Uh, definitely you lose a lot of fear because initially when you start drag, no one knows who you are underneath. So you can be whoever you want to be and you can really explore um, whatever parts of your personality you never have been able to before. It's really, really freeing and wonderful. And I think that's why I gravitated towards it. And now it's just who, how, who I am, you know? Of course it is. And it's like an extension of you. Yeah. For anybody who's, who is listening who doesn't is not familiar with your journey, how did you get into drag? Yeah, so my journey into drag happened during high school when I wasn't happy with who I was. I, you know, like a lot of teenagers, you're kind of discovering what it is, you know, who you are, who you want to be. Everyone's also like breathing down your neck saying, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? What are you going to study? When do you do this? And you're like, I don't even know, babe. Um, so I really got into makeup and I love that with makeup, I could escape and be someone else for even if it was just for an hour mm. if it was for 15 minutes um I really fell in love with that and it first started with like horror characters that'd be like a zombie or a skull or I don't know um Batman but um I I, I realized quite soon that you know there wasn't a very you know you could only do so many skulls and things so I started playing with drag and lipstick and lashes and wigs and costumes and I just fell madly and deeply in love with it so every single night after school I'd like dress up as somebody else um and because I'm like a little nerd I picked up uh studio arts photography and I realized if I took photos of what I look like that was technically homework so I would um go 
yeah, I'd go home, dress up, take photos, do self-portraits. And that was all part of my homework. Um, so at the end of high school, I got accepted into Top Arts in Victoria. And all of those portraits got put up at the National Gallery of Victoria, um, which was huge for me to be like, oh, that's little me, but that's also me. I think there was like five to 600 different portraits of me in this big um, installation I put in. Um little overachiever, I tell you what. <laughs> oh, my God. Five or six hundred. My goodness. I know, yes. but that's how much that's what I love. I just love being able to become someone else. And that's where all the drag love started. And then as soon as I left high school, I started performing. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Was your school accepting of you? My art teacher was accepting. Um, she was she was amazing. Um, her name was Miss Holmes and she was so um, encouraging and wonderful about what I was doing. Um, but I remember there was a little bit of pushback from the upper school department because at the end of the year, we always did like a um, art show mm. and I wanted to display my work. And um, I remember one of the teachers from the staff room, the office staff came through and looked at it as I was setting it up. And she's like, do you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, well, they're all going to know that you're gay. And I hadn't come out at this point. I mean, but so like, of course it was bloody obvious, but like that wasn't, I hadn't even come to terms with saying it out loud at that point. Wow. And, you know, she was like, I know it came from a point of like protection because she was worried about what people would say to me or do to me or comments from other parents or staff or kids. Um, and I know it it came from a place of protection, but like it was just the wrong thing to like tell this person who was suddenly so excited about, you know, finding out who they are. So I did it anyway. Um, it was, Thank God you did. It, was, it all worked out well. But um, yeah, there was, I remember like weeping and crying when she walked out of the room because I was like, it was something I was so proud of and everyone had been so supportive, but maybe I'd just been living in a little bubble and it was my first little taste of like reality. Mm, yeah. yeah. But the students were fine with me. They were scared of me because I was like crazy little, like, um, you know, drag dressing, horror loving, you know, emo kid. And I was, I think they were a bit scared of me. And I was school captain. So, of you know, course. Get on my bad side. <laughs> I told of you, overachiever, you overachiever. <laughs> Oh my god! Of course you were. That's fabulous. But 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 how great though? Oh, what made it great is post high school, I to this day still get messages from students that have been to the same high school as me or go there now, because my art teacher still has all of my folios and um books. I donated them to her afterwards, and she still brings them out and shows them to kids and um. They find it so inspirational and they'll message me and they're like, you know, I really looked up to you. I'm proud like that you did what you did because it gave me the confidence to be who I wanted to be in high school. Um, so I still get messages to this day. So I'm so glad that I did it and um, that, you know, kids are still appreciating all of it. Do you ever feel pressure to be an inspiration? I know that sounds quite weird, but that that must carry a lot of weight. Yeah, I think when you when I started drag, I started doing everything I was doing. It was it was very self centered, and that it was for me. It was cathartic. It was explorational. It was, you know, it was just for me. And then as I've gotten older, and you know, my profile's gotten bigger, I've realized that my drag, while it is for me because I do it because I love it, it's now 
for a broader community of people and it actually has a lot of weight to it. You know, it's a political statement still. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I think of constantly now, whether that is um, in terms of what type of shows I'm doing or um, what audiences I want to, uh, you know, reach or I, I have to like really analyze everything. And that's not a bad thing at all because it means I'm only putting out the stuff that I love and that I, um, you know, want people to see. Um, but yeah, think about it a lot. It sounds like you do. And I mean, I guess that's the other thing is that on the flip side of that, you do something like RuPaul and you are seen to be by some people in the public for doing something incorrect or, you know, there's backlash for you coming back in the pile of rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) What a legacy I live. Wow. And how did you come back to Drag Race? Oh, in a bin. Oh, okay. Glamorous. Shangela got a box. No, I got a bin. (laughs) So Australian. So Australian. (laughs) In saying that, like, do you deal with that backlash? I mean, having that, you know, because then you are this extrovert, this bubbly person, but then being quite an introvert, I can imagine that's really tough for you to, to have, to not be able to cope with backlash like that. Oh yeah, it was it was zero to a thousand when the the season was airing, and I can look back at it now because it was two years ago. It was two yeah, years ago. Yeah, it really so was. I, I'm I'm at peace with it all now. But at the time, it was a lot, and I've received backlash and hate comments for years. But um, this stuff was much more targeted and passionate and directed at me. You know, most hate comments I've had have been just being like, oh, you're gay, burn in hell. I'm like, okay, slay. Like, let's do it. Let's, we'll have a barbecue. I don't care. It's too cold anyway. Let's go. Um, but this stuff was like so targeted and really was, it was really hard to deal with. Um, and, you know, as much as they, they can always say, don't read the comments, but you always do. Um, and so like, all the, it was just a barrage of negativity that came my way for various things and things that I didn't even have control over. Mm. Um, and no one could really understand it, but people are passionate, you know, and unfortunately there's no way you can change the way people are responding. Um, we can try to teach them all we want that, you know, treat people with kindness. And if you have an opinion, that's great, but you know, don't go and tell that person like, you know, yeah, to their face. Yeah, put it in your group chat with your, your besties and be like, oh, I didn't like the dress. Can't. Good. Good for you. But don't go and say, you should die because that dress was ugly. Go kill yourself. Uh, it's like, okay. All right. That's a little bit much and a little bit extreme. Oh, yeah. I literally woke up to hate comments today because um, I tweeted about how um, uh, Melissa McCarthy's makeup in uh, Little Mermaid is horrendous um but it's bad have you seen it oh god so i have not seen it yet oh my god you should look up the video that disney put on a transformation video Um, oh i have seen that yeah yeah and the eyebrows yeah and one eyebrows here the other one's all the way up there and it's it's really bad um so i just quote tweeted it and i said when you lie on your resume and get the job um hilarious see hilarious um, but then Diet Prada picked it up and then someone else did. So now I'm just waking up to imp- uh, messages being like, you're, you're a stupid beep, beep, beep because of this, blah, blah, blah. you could never do anything like that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my gosh, just tell a little funny doll. I'm really cautious about what I do put up on social media. Cause I'm so scared of that. Like, and you yeah. have all of these followers, like, how do you 
do it? Do you are you constantly monitoring yourself? I mean, obviously not, but like are you consciously. <laughs> hey, I thought about that tweet millions of times before I posted. I was like, I was like, this is funny. It's care. <laughs> um, but and I was like, I actually also have the right to say this because I'm good at makeup. So Ooh, that is your yeah. job, part yeah. of your job. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't comment on things that I'm, you know, have no. Uh, say in but no I do think it about about it a lot and I wish because you know there's a lot of social media people that froth over good attention or bad attention they don't care and they'll say anything just to like get that engagement mm-hmm. or those comments I wish I could train my brain to be that way mm-hmm. because oh some of the thoughts I have all salacious but um I I, I, I don't and I am very aware because I just you know I just like to be in the world to make people laugh and have a good time you know and I don't need any more negativity in my life. No, thank Absolutely you. not. And you're quite a sensitive soul. So, um, and I feel like that that kind of stuff cuts deep. I think a lot of people don't realise that when they're sitting behind a computer or behind a phone and they're just typing, they, they have no idea what you all, you know, get put no. up with basically. No, and, and, and I think also too they go, oh, yeah, well, it's just me anyway, but they don't understand it's that times 10,000. Mm. So it's like it's just... It's a lot, but it's fine anyway. Two years ago, everything's up and dandy now, having a good time. You are living your best life right now. <laughs> Do you have advice for anybody who's who really wants to live their true, authentic self, no matter what it is? Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? I mean, top note, just do it, babe. But the issue is I understand that, you know, in some situations you can't. So I think the most important thing you need to do is surround yourself with supportive, like-minded people um, and build up a network of people that love you and support you and will celebrate you. Um, And sometimes you can't do that when you're in high school. You can't do that when you're still living at home or you're still living in your hometown. Um, So also it's not a race, you know, it's not a race at all. Take your time. Um, And I'm just lucky that I was able to do it when I did it. But this wasn't overnight, you know, I started playing with makeup when I was 15 years old, you Mm. know, but it wasn't until I was like 18, 19 that I was really out there doing what I wanted to do. So take your time, surround yourself with people that love you and support you um, and have a good time. You know, you'll flourish into being a beautiful butterfly one day, (laughs) but maybe in the interim, it's okay to be a caterpillar. They've got lots of legs. That's fun. (laughs) Think of all the climbing they can do. Think of all the shoes they can wear. You know, I you love that. Be a caterpillar. And yeah. get you can get there fast if you're a caterpillar. Exactly. Butterfly. You know, butterfly, exactly. you, you you know, different view. But I know, butterflies die after like two days. So, you know, <laughs> be, like enjoy the caterpillar while you can. <laughs> that is That is actually such great advice. But in terms of you having other, like, and particularly drag queens under your wings, I mean, is this something that you kind of, do on a regular basis? Do people reach out to you, other drag queens who are kind of on the up and up as well? Yeah, they they, they definitely do. And I, I'm always there to give people advice because I was one of the first queens to really get out there and, you know, jump into the, the public spotlight because even mm. before Drag Race, I was on, you know, the Amy Carr commercial. I was on The Bachelor. I was doing all these things. Um, so I was, oh. I oh. forgot about that. Yeah. The Bachelor. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I did a really good hot date, you know, when they were painting and Abby did it. Was that Abby and Matt? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the best season. The best season. 
Me and Miss Abs, we've known each other a long time, don't you, Ari? Oh, my goodness. I completely forgot she did that um, uh, the horrendous the painting. painting. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. Forgot that Good was episode. You. Good episode. Great, ep- great episode. Great yeah. episode. And we love Matt as well. We love Matt yes. Agnew. Angel. Um, yeah, he is. Um, but... Was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. And people have reached out to me for a long time and I give them advice where I can um, if they take it. Um, but I, I don't really see myself as like a matriarch or as like, you know, uh, a mother. You know, uh, a, a lot of the drag communities, they have like, you know, my drag mother and my drag babies. I'm just out there doing, you know, single mom with two jobs. That's just me. Um, but I'll always be there to help people. I love my community, you know. Yeah. And I think that it's wonderful for Australians to also have you as such an amazing person that we can see just living their authentic self. And this podcast as well. I mean, this is such a great avenue for like circling back, Mm. full circle, you know, to have that avenue for people to just go and be themselves and for someone who is living their authentic self to be interviewing someone who's living their authentic self, you can actually get such an honest conversation. Mm. Mm. You know, just do it. Come and be a butterfly and live two days with me. Let's do it. Crash and burn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and don't read the comments. Don't, don't read, read the, comment. the comments. I actually have a um, framed, uh, like uh, someone wrote, don't read the comments and it's framed and it's in my office. And I look at it every day and then I read the comments. So, <laughs> let's get, you know, but at least then the, pro- the onus is on me. I'm like, well, it's my fault. I read. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure in saying that, there's got to be, like you, you said, you get the DMs, there's got to be a huge amount of positive comments as well. Oh, totally, totally. And that's what makes it all worthwhile. Um, I think just sometimes, you know what it is, the the negative voices are always so much louder than, you know, the um, the positive ones. And mm. I don't know how you retrain your brain to just listen to the positive ones, but um, they are, they're wonderful. And uh, the people that love what I do, I see them and I appreciate them and I, I thank them for coming along the crazy, you know, journey that is my career. You know, just a silly little cross-dresser with a wig. Ew. But a fabulous silly one, I think. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But I, I want to know, so you did RuPaul's, you've got the podcast, you did RuPaul's, you've also um, was on The Bachelor. I can't believe I forgot that. I cannot believe. I cannot, I feel terrible. I'm like, that was one of the best things ever. Um, but would you ever do reality TV again? Oh, in a heartbeat. You know, I, I would I would have said no um, if you asked this like a year ago, but um, I think I've grown a lot more and I'm really confident in myself. And I just, I love making content and I love making TV. I love working in production and any situation where I can just go there and be myself. Um, I think it's great. Plus, I would love to do any more reality TV because visibility is really important. And I mm. don't think we have enough people still like me um, out there in mainstream media. So I, that's why I will jump at any opportunity, you know, um, to be out there because it's just another chance for someone to watch and go, oh, there is someone out there like me. That's cool. That's so important. Would you Do, do you know what show you do? Oh, my goodness. I would do any of them. I've always wanted to do Big Brother because just, like, sitting on my ass would be so fun, you know? Like, I just like, get to sit down and talk. Like, that's, you know, then I can go to the diary room and just gossip with Big Brother and be like, hey, Big Brother, what are you doing? 
what are you wearing? Big brother, what's going on? Big brother. And then he probably kicked me out of the diary room. But still, <laughs> I reckon big brother would be fun. Um, you know, I'd love to do MasterChef if only Aww. it was MasterChef microwave edition. I think that'd be really good. I think I'd slay that competition. Let's um, tell the uh, producers of MasterChef. Let's get yeah. that happening. MasterChef, microwaves only. I think that could be good. Um, anything. Love it. Would you do Dancing with the Stars? Oh, yes. I'd love to do Dancing with the Stars. Um, yeah, because wearing glitz and glamour. Do you know what I want to do, actually? Masked singer. But <gasps> but just also just walk out as me because I'm basically wearing a mask anyway. What do you think? That is. <laughs> and they go, take it off, take it off. I'm like, that's my face. How dare you? How dare you? You've really thought about this, haven't you? I would <laughs> love to see you on the Masked Singer. I actually love that show. I'm sorry. Oh, I love it, that it show. Is- Heaven. And even just for the costumes alone. Uh, no, uh, you know, because Tim Chappell. Yes, Tim Chappell, baby. Um, does, and do you know Tim Chappell was so good that, like, he's been doing the ones in the US now. Oh, got, yeah. I did not know that. I actually yeah, got- interviewed him for the very first season. And I was like, oh, my God, Priscilla, he's Oscar winner. Like, mm, Priscilla, yeah. like, amazing. And then... That is insane. Yeah, yeah, he's so great. I oh, I would just froth to wear a Tim Chapel costume. I tell you what, put it out into the universe. Put now. it out into the universe. Put it out Tim, into the universe. Tim, if you're listening, you're a big fan. Um, you know, dress me, baby. Let's do it. Well, you never know. After meeting me for forty minutes, what is my drag name? What is your drag name? So my name's well, Anita. Yeah. Well, that's easy then because Anita is a, a standard drag name. So you could be anything. You could be uh, Anita Beer, Anita um, Anita Boy, Anita, hmm, Anita Handbag. Anita Boy is very accurate for me right now. <laughs> well, there you go. Anita Boy. <laughs> but if you spelled like B-U-I-S. There you voice? go. Anita Boyce? Invoice. Actually, when I was in high school, the the private school boys, because I went to public school, represent um, yes, the boys in yeah yeah the boys in private school used to call me Anita Bath. <laughs> yeah, and then they then they nicknamed me Barthy. Yeah, rude. I love it. I love you. You're amazing. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it's been a pleasure to chat. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.